Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez. And me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Fern, how many hours in your day? Mine? Well, I'm unique. I have 36 hours in my day. <laughs> uh, I'm special. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm I'm special. The real affiliate owner, the real affiliate owner answer should have been like, not enough. Yeah, not enough. It's the most valuable commodity. What's the longest you've ever stayed awake? That's a great question. I mean, for sure, over 36 hours. Uh, I might have done two days before. In the military? Yeah. Wow. Anything I, I can tell, I know I've done it. I know I've done enough stretches where I know I know thirty six uh, has like a weird upswing. So thir- like around twenty seven to thirty uh, gets really rough, and then there's like a uh, I do remember I've, because I did it several times. Around thirty six, like you get a little bit of a you're like oh I'm just taking win there. It is very very short lived. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're supposed to stay awake quite a bit at the diesel day. Well, 30 hours. I mean, probably yeah, like thir- probably 31. Actually, no. So that like from the time the event is 30, but I was up at like yeah, way yeah. before that. And then I was up maybe like an hour afterwards. So that was probably 33, 34, maybe hours. Nuts, but... Obviously, that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about the fact that for many affiliate owners, like you said, there's just not enough hours in the day. Time is always a pain point for affiliate owners. They're, there's, they have too much shit to do and they're not organized with it. And I, I see this quite a bit. I, and I actually, um, I'm, I wouldn't say, I'm not the most efficient person in the world, by the way, but I, I, Fancy myself pretty efficient at this point. I mean, I do a lot of things. Like if most people were to follow me around for a day, they'd be like, God damn, you do a lot, right? Like, uh, But you haven't always been that way. No, I mean, the military makes you uh, tough, but wildly inefficient in most instances because everything's just done for you. So you don't have to, you're just like, hey, be here at this time, you do this. So you just kind of follow directions. Um, when I left the military was the first time that really hit me in the face. I left the military. I moved into the, I was running the gym. I was working for uh, CrossFit. I was, uh, had a, like another kind of full-time gig doing nonprofit work. And I struggled for about six months. I was double booking everything. Like I was, I was just not good at utilizing a calendar. Um, and then I got better at it. And then, um, I mean, you, you've seen it. Like you've seen the evolution. Like I've, I've gotten better at it every year for the past four years you are way better and i remember this is exactly what you i remember we were sitting in your kitchen and i was like man you suck at this (laughs) (laughs) it was the military and you've gotten better since i think we everyone on the team has and similar to something you've told me before where the kids will make you efficient like being busy not not just busy, but productive as well. But having a growing company 
will make you far more efficient. And for me, it's one of the easiest things you do is just start saying no to everything. I feel if I just use my own experience, there's, there's multiple phases. One is like you, you're just not efficient at doing anything. And then the next phase is you get efficient at doing a lot of things, which is good for a while, but not productive. You're just like your, your, tolerant, your tolerance for work goes up mm. a level, quite a few levels. And then there's, I would actually even argue like there are multiple variations of that where you're like, oh, I do a lot of work. And you're like, well, you're actually doing about 50% of what you could do. Right, just based on sheer threshold. I'm I'm not talking about being efficient. I'm not talking about being productive. I'm just about like you could do twice as much as you're doing right now. You just waste a lot of time. And then there becomes a level of efficiency with that time in order to become more productive. So but those are kind of the three phases. You're just wildly inefficient and you don't get any you don't do any type of work, busy or productive. And you're like, Oh, I'm I'm now busy and I'm doing a lot of things and and unfortunately that's where a lot of uh gym owners live they're just busy all the time and listen i've been there right and 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 i've even been that way in sometimes i think that's mandatory sometimes i think that is just the stage you're in you're just in the busy phase right because it takes a while to create the efficiency to then move to the productive stage right that's yeah, and you my can't own. afford anyone else right. at the point correct you're just doing everything right so that's that's been my experience multiple times and um like i would i would kind i'm in the middle like i'm on the tail end of busy moving into more productive inside of best hour. But I would largely categorize myself as busy for this whole year, but that was kind of the plan. But you can also being busy and isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's that many affiliate owners are busy, but they're not actually being productive. So they're just doing things that they either think are important or well no know. that that's precisely what i'm saying I, that's we agree here which is there sometimes you are you like you're just going to be busy you have to do the work but then the, if you're if, if you never leave that stage that's a problem long term right so i've been that way in the gym i've been that way in best hour i've been that way in seminar staff um so you, you, so I, I do think it is part of the process, and I, I think it's part of where you cut your teeth and you and you learn how to do the work, whatever the work might be, whether it's coaching athletes, coaching coaches, coaching box owners. There is a requisite amount of time and reps that are just quite frankly busy work to become proficient at the thing. At which point, then you can figure out the different ways to become productive. The problem is most people never leave that busy stage; they just stay there forever. Um, and it sucks. And this is where gym owners are like I'm burnt out. This, 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 you know, um, this pace isn't sustainable. Well, it's because it's because we've not made the shift. We've not made the shift from like, oh, okay, recognizing that I'm busy and that, and then have to go through a process of, you know, either time blocking or prioritizing and then the discipline to do all of that stuff. But it is required. So I don't want to be like, well, you just, cause a lot of people skip that stage. You're like, well, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to work on the higher level things. I'm like, there's no higher level things here, man. <laughs> Yeah. And who's doing the lower level things? Yeah, it's just you, man. Like, go take your ass to work and shut up. Um, well, so. and I think what we can do here is kind of give three ways that an affiliate owner that feels like they're too busy can slowly shift into an area where they feel more productive. Um, but, you know, some of the things that we hear from affiliate owners, there aren't enough hours in the day. My home life is on the back burner. I've can't take a holiday or vacation, which by the way, 
is in part because you refuse to close the gym down. But well, a lot of these people are the same ones that will have no problem shutting down to go to the games for a week. It's like I'm open on Christmas, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm going to the games and we're closing down. Uh, I've been operating at a high level of stress and burnout. We hear that quite a bit, and the schedule I have right now is not sustainable. So perhaps you're listening, and one of those resonated with you. Um, if you're feeling that way, our goal in this episode is to give you some ideas and some action items that can help improve that. But know that that's not unusual. I would say more affiliates that we get on the phone with than not have some sort of time issue. Yeah, so we can kind of put this into two categories. A new business owner, you're going to be busy. Like I think of Kanan as an example. Like when he came in, he was just like, no regrets. No, no regrets. No regrets. Yeah. No regrets. The, um, when he got to the point where he was going to open and, um, and operate, he and I, I'd I'd be interested to ask him if he remembers that we had a pretty candid conversation. I said, here's the deal. You're going to wake up. You're going to go to the gym. You're going to train people. You're going to do the business stuff. You're going to eat. You're going to go to sleep and you're going to repeat. You're going to do that until you can't do it anymore. <laughs> Ken is also like 24. Right. But I, I would argue age doesn't matter here because I've seen 24-year-olds have the same issue as I've seen 45-year-olds have the same issue. And and he did that. And, you know, he hit 100 members in six Fast. or seven months, yeah. I think. Yeah. And um, and then it was like, okay, great job. We've You did that part. Now we need to reassess. But I, I do think I don't I don't think it should be overlooked that like some the busy stage is required. The issue I think is when people get stuck there forever and they never transition out, right? So like sometimes I just tell the gym owner, uh, I think uh, Morgan, um, uh, Pleasant, same thing. I was like, hey, you're gonna coach all the classes. Like I don't I'm not gonna bullshit you. I'm gonna tell you exactly how this is gonna work. And she did that for about four or five months. And then she came back. She's like, we did it. We made it through. I made all the transitions. I coached all the classes. I, 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 I did all of this shit work. And then I think maybe like a month ago, she's like, and this is now my head coach. And I was like, this is my point. You're going to have to go through that. If, if you can, if you cannot, and most gym owners cannot, cannot pay for somebody else to do the busy work. And you have to do the busy work at a very high threshold and with a plan in order to be able to outsource, create efficiency, or move away from that, whatever whatever some of that busy work is. Um, so sometimes you're just in the shit. And that is just how it works. And I think a lot of people will be like, well, you got to get out of that. And I'm like, actually, you need to stay in it just a little bit longer. Then we'll get you out of it. Yeah, if you don't stay in it long enough, you don't understand it all as part of it. I mean, I, what, I think what I tell you and Marcus about like about 2023, about doing all the homeworks and all that kind of stuff, I was like, I'm going to do all of them because that's the busy work. Those are the reps. Yeah. And that, that's a really good example, actually, because it's something other people can do on our team, me being one. Um, uh, <laughs> but I will say this, like you doing that, having seen you in Dallas, like that's a big reason you leveled up. So sometimes you just have to do the hard shit, whether it's, you know, the busy work to get better at your craft. Like there's, well, if, had you not been willing to do that, I think you still would, you know, there's, we we're nonstop coaching, but 
you have a much better understanding of affiliate ownership now than you did a year ago. It shouldn't be overstated that if you do something long enough and you do it intentionally enough and you do it well enough, at some point, you're just good. Like it's impossible not to be. And when you're good, the outcome of that is it is easier to train other people or create systems in order to hand that off. The level four, like the level four is an example, right? The level four credential. That we both have. That one of us has. You were super worried. Let's be honest. Thank you. Me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I honestly wasn't. I well, kind of, kind of. I wanted you. I did genuinely want you to pass, but I. Well, I would fucking hope so. <laughs> Some people listening, I would, I think, assume otherwise. Um, I, I, I wanted. I want everyone for that matter to pass level four. Like I never want someone, I'm never hoping someone doesn't pass, but specifically. But you, were, you were concerned with my preparation is, is what it was what I would say. I was, con yes, I was concerned with your preparation. However, I wasn't concerned you'd pass. Right now I bring that up because it's like, because what was my preparation? Zero. Zero. Like everything else you do, you like, Hey, I'll sign up for this really hard thing that most people practice for thousands of hours for I'll go do it blindfolded. Um, so I coached zero classes before I coached the level four. And I wasn't worried about it. I almost went coach classes. And then I freaked myself out. I was like, I'm not doing it. Um, I know how to I know how to do this. <laughs> and my, my point with that is, wh when you do something long enough, you just inherently have the skill. I think I joked with you a long time about basketball about like free throws. I'm like, I don't need to practice free throws. I have a million free throws underneath my belt. I can shoot free throws like that's it's done. I'm like, I'm never going to use that until the day I just can't use my arms or I'm feeble. I'm too feeble to like shoot the basketball far enough to, that it goes in the basket. You had a high free throw percentage, correct? Uh, I still hold the high school record for both percentage and attempts. <laughs> um, well, that's good. I mean, because it's easy to have a good percentage with like 10. Yeah, shots. Like, I went nine for 10 and I was like, OK, so you shot 10 free throws in your life. You still uh, 25 years later have your high school record yeah i mean and and the most attempts um so i shot the most and and i shot and i uh and i shot 81 percent from the free throw line why were you getting fouled so much because i was a high i was the, the high i was a i was a high score right so like i was a it's like jordan right jordan probably jordan and LeBron, oh, not jordan. we just I'm not, jordan and LeBron. <laughs> I'm not jordan and lebron but if you look at both jordan and lebron when you're when you are the main score, it is highly likely that you are going to have the most free throw attempts. Let's just note you did compare yourself to Michael Jordan. No, I'm saying that when you are the high scorer, such as LeBron or and Jordan Fern. or Kobe <laughs> or Fern, LeBron, or Kobe. Mount Rushmore of basketball, right? Kobe, and LeBron, Fern. If Jordan. you are a scorer, uh, like I'd be curious to see what Stephen Curry's uh, free throw attempts are. I'm sure it's really high. Um, but the point is, is like you'll shoot. More free yeah, throws. You just have more opportunity. So, um, but like Shaq, for instance, shot a lot of free throws, but does not have a good free throw percentage. Um, but man, so, he's got that Papa John sponsorship now. But no, I think he owns several. Like, oh, does he own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. The uh, but anyway, the point is, is like when you get those reps in, and and that reps feels and looks like busy work for a long time, you get really good at the thing, or you should. Well, and when you get, when you get good at it, then you can start to hand that off because now you can show somebody exactly what it should look like. 
I want to ask you two follow up questions. Obviously, it's unique to what you did this year, but it's no different than coaching or doing the work at a box. One, when you're in it, what are some of the things you did to refocus? Because, you know, like I said, you could have been like Ackerman, take half, Marcus, Joel, any of our, you know, awesome team members, but you didn't. So I, I assume it's because you knew the outcome, but it's still it's still hard in that moment. It's always hard. I joked about this on a podcast with uh, Mark England that I hate it. Right. That's the point. Like you're doing something you don't like, at least no, when you're coaching. No, 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 no. I hate it. I was trying to be nice because we have clients. I, I want I, I want this I want this to prove the point. I hate reviewing. He doesn't homework. hate the clients. He doesn't I, I love the clients. I prefer I would do small group calls all day. I Same, hate yeah. reviewing the homework. I hate it. It's I just, do not like it. It's no interaction. You're reading, you're staring at a computer. It is not you know, you and I opened a CrossFit affiliate because we love coaching. This is about the furthest thing you can do from the reason you started. It is process. quite literally the furthest thing yeah. that you could do. So, so you hate it, but you knew by doing it. This, I think, is, um, and not everybody has this, and this is where people struggle with this. We, you and I, Marcus, the Best Hour team, are very, very clear on where we want to go. I'm also very, very clear on who I want to be, which makes doing things that I hate tolerable. Because I know, and I'm like, if I want to be where I said I want to be, this is the cost of entry. Not forever, but for a long time. I mean, like, like there, we will tell a story about like, yeah, Fern locked himself in his office for three years and they came out and, and then they, they had built this thing. And I'm like, correct. And I wouldn't yeah. take it back for anything. B do have, right? That's kind of the same uh, mantra of like, hey, if you want to, you know, have the things you want, you have to do the things and you have to, you know, immediately be that person. Yeah. And you have everybody to, just wants to have the things. Right. But you got to do the hard part first. You have to do all the work. And, and, and an example would be there are many things that I learned, and I have no idea how many homework reviews I've done in 2023, but like, let's safely thousands. say there's thousands. Thousands. Uh, it's a, I mean, you easily do 20 a week, like easily. That's a, that's a very conservative number. Right. So, but I mean, that's a thousand right there. Right. So, um, it's thousands, but you learn a lot in those reps, things that are good, things that are bad. You learn what questions are good. You learn what questions are bad. And there are things that you, and, um, there are things that you, that you could only ever possibly learn by doing the reps. There's no other way to do it, right? Everybody else can, can pontificate, but, but I can come in and be like, Hey, based on 5,000 reps, this is exactly what the issue is. That's the, that's the wrong question. If you ask this question, you will get a better outcome. Why? Cause I've seen it two two hundred and twenty two thousand times you know that's what's interesting it. relating this to affiliate ownership i i used a post that always gets engagement the other day which is you know if you're putting time caps on a workout your whiteboard brief needs work sucks yeah yeah and that's exactly what you just said everyone arguing with me wants to have it they haven't done the be and do and i'm like i would show up at your gym and run a whiteboard brief that got everyone to hit the stimulus and they're like losing their minds. We need it for, I mean, you're, you're overlooking the important thing, which is like, you're not good at this, which is why you need that. Right. So 
we probably hammered this home, but like you do have to do, which is the busy work. And then what you have to do is as you get good at it, you start to identify things that I either need to create efficiency in, need to eliminate altogether, or I need to hand off, right? So the eliminate, delegate, um, automate. or automate, right? So <clears throat> that becomes the process now. However, without doing that first step, and this is I want to speak to people candidly, like you're going to have to do a lot of shit work. I don't, there, anybody who tells you otherwise literally never did it and is probably telling you something they read in a book, but they, but they did not cut their teeth doing the fucking thing. Okay. I'm just, there is no other way to get there because when you do the reps, now you understand the exact appropriate things to automate the things that are unnecessary and you can eliminate and the things that are appropriate to delegate, right? So that's huge. Yeah, um, but you just said is really important. Like without doing the work, you everyone wants to jump to eliminate, automate, delegate, but you don't know what to eliminate, automate, and delegate until you've done it. Um, so a vir using virtual, and speaking of time, using virtual assistants is a is a perfect example of this. So people who have not done the thing long enough, bring on virtual assistants give them the wrong tasks and then end up spending more time managing the virtual assistant. Cause I'm like, you should have never given them that task to begin with. And that task is about seven steps too long. That's the other issue that you have there. You also don't have enough context so that when they send you whatever that information is to immediately look at it and be like, that's incorrect. Whatever you just sent me, I don't know how you did it. I, but I know that I know the number is wrong. Right? Like I was, um, I was given, so here's an example. So efficiency, right? So, uh, or some sort of uh, automate. So I was uh, on the continuing ad call today. There's, I don't know, there's like 25 people on that call. And we were going through the new value chains that we've created for everybody. And I was walking through, there's a level one, level two value chain, level three, level four value chain. And I teach, I tell it, teach it the same way I do every time, which is like, hey, your first job here is to just fill it in. Fill it in. Do nothing with it other than fill it in. And I want you to keep filling it in and keep filling it in and keep filling it in. Because what you're going to learn by doing those reps is where do I find this information to put it in the spreadsheet? You're also going to learn, can you do it consistently? You're also going to learn, oh, I could get that information much easier or much faster than I'm currently doing it. Hey guys, Fern here. Real quick, I just want to share a quick success story from one of the hundreds of gems that we've been able to help inside of Affiliate U. And our mission and best hour of their day is to ultimately improve and grow the greater CrossFit community by building better boxes and creating better businesses with better coaching staff so we can bring CrossFit to the masses. Check it out. And if you think we can help you, don't hesitate to reach out. My name is John Wells and I'm the owner of CrossFit Aries in Wilmington, Massachusetts. At the time when I was negotiating for purchase, the gym was not in a good spot. They were barely taking in enough revenue to cover basic expenses, barely even the rent. Membership base, there was a solid foundation, but there wasn't a lot. It was under 50 members at the time. And I knew kind of going into it, it was going to take a lot of work to get it up and running to where I wanted it to be. But I knew I had the passion and I knew I had the drive to get it to there. I just didn't know exactly where to start. The thing that stood out to me 
about Affiliate U was, you know, Fern and Ackerman. Uh, I'd listened to them on the podcast for years prior to actually signing the dotted line and purchasing my affiliate. And they were down to earth guys. They were in the CrossFit space. They were CrossFitters. They thought like me. They looked at the same things as me. And, you know, it wasn't just some other program trying to build a business. It was like somebody in your community coming out and offering their hand for help. You know what you just did? What? I, I think people actually thought that podcast ended in that moment. <laughs> like it was that long ago. You just did mechanics, consistency, intensity. That's the whole game. Yeah. Right. You, so, you were like, hey, let's make sure you're doing it right. Let's make sure you're doing it right every time. And, you know, intensity is like, you, you basically said, hey, we can find this faster. Right. And... But and, and this is without even interpreting the information yet. And I said, that comes last. But you have to you have to populate this for a long enough time to have any substantial enough amount of information to tell you something that would even be remotely useful. Right. So it's just like they're like, I don't want to know what it says. I'm like, you'll know what it says in eight weeks. So you know what you gotta do? You gotta fill this shit out for eight weeks. It's it, it's also reminding me of like food tracking, right? Like right. I tell people all the time, don't worry about protein cart. Like, just track your food. Like, let's get that habit done. Let's get the mechanics done daily. So, Intensity is like, let's modulate it and get the right amount. Okay, so I want to I want to try to put, like wrap this all up because people probably just think we're like doing mental masturbation here. The I'm masturbating. It's just physical masturbation. I have, I have no doubt. the <laughs> the The point of bringing this up is this: you probably are stretched for time if you're listening to this. That may or may not be necessary. Knowing how to get out of it is really the point. So you might need to spend some more time in there. You might need to spend a significant more time in there doing that. The second that you shift from just blindly, and I talked about this about the level four too, from just blindly checking the boxes to intentionally doing the work in order to become smarter about how, why, when, and where it's done is, this, is the shift that you will be able to make to move away from it eventually. It will happen very quickly, I promise you. Anytime I've ever done this, I the second I approach it intentionally, I start to I start to be able to solve my own problems. Because like this is taking too fucking long. Why is it taking too long? Oh, I'm taking this taking too long because I'm doing this. Oh, it's taking too long because I'm doing this. It's taking too long because I actually don't even need to do that at all. Like I was having this conversation uh both here at CrossFit Rife and with Katie. I'm like, that is unnecessary. We don't need to do it. And I was like, because, the, because that single action that just came to me requires three additional people in the process that we don't need to have in there. We built this the right way because I did enough reps on it that it is inherently a sound process. If it breaks, everybody's going to know. I, I saw that thread going on and, and you're right. Like, I think for a lot of people, the default is let's complicate it. Let's, you know, but you know, it's simple, complex, simple, right? Like. Simple is what Katie did. Hey, let's do all this. The complex part is, no, I just spent the last year making this thing perfect. So now it's simple again. So I think we can move on to the next topic. So the, the second piece here is, is the eliminate. And this one is really, really challenging. It might be the most challenging and it might be the, the, the one that people struggle with far and away over any other piece of this is the eliminate. And the eliminate sounds like, hey, we're just not going to do that. But it also in many instances means just like I'm that will get done later. 
So gym owners just telling people no, or whatever this thing that comes to them, they're like, I'm just going to choose to not do that. Why? Because it doesn't need to get done right now. Email, a perfect example. They're like, be just being hyper reactive to emails. They're like, I got to answer this email right now. The, the old Tim Ferriss thing. There, there's no such thing as an emergency email. Like most emails could wait, ship legitimately, probably five days. Well, or longer, yeah. But, right. I mean, depending. I might think it's good customer service, but like nothing is going to happen if you don't no. respond to that email. So you're saying so, like an emergency is like you're most likely getting a phone call, or it's happening near you. Most, I'm going to get multiple phone calls. So we yeah. get two back-to-back phone calls. This now qualifies as a potential emergency. Yeah. So that's the first thing is is just letting fires burn. And I, this is something I don't remember a ton from the four week work week, but Tim Ferriss, like this one really stuck with me for a long time, which was when you stop reacting to emergencies, emergencies stop happening. Mm, I like that. And it's just like, oh shit, that's right. If I just don't react to this, because remember, not reacting is in fact a decision. So mm-hmm. if I don't react to this and I just let it sit, you know what happens? Nothing. It will still be there when I get there, right? Same thing if I'm coaching a group and you're like, oh my God, Johnny over there is his knees are caving in. I'm like, great. Continue doing what you're doing because his knees will still be caving in when you get to Johnny. So don't worry about it. Because if you if you go over there, this whole group's going to fall apart. I know because I've seen it a thousand times. Oh. Just stay here. Continue working through your process. You'll get to Johnny when you get there. And and for so many owners, they would just alleviate so much of the emotion. Specifically an email or, or dealing with a member in person even of like, cool, let me take a take a beat and think about this. I was, I was listening to somebody yesterday and they're talking about when they do emails and they do, uh, he's like, I have a block in the day where I sit on the recumbent bike and I answer emails. And he's like, but that's when I answer emails. He's like, I sit on the bike and I answer emails for that block of time. And I don't answer any other emails until I come back to it the next day. And I was like, looks like I'm going to be buying a concept to uh, erg desk. You know? <laughs> yeah. You got a treadmill like me. You just won't let me use it during the podcast. Right. So, so I think there's, there are, I mean, you and I have both seen it. There are so many things that you could just stop doing, right? Like we make fun of Todd quite a bit, but like delete Instagram from your phone. Delete it from your phone. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because like I've deleted Instagram from my phone multiple times and like you, you can still set your posts, like you can still do your thing. You do but, it from a third-party app or yeah. just do it from a web-based browser. Okay, great. Cool. And, you know, it's you, whether you're consuming or your content is being consumed are two very different things. Yeah, and most people are only Consumers. consuming. Only. Yeah, they're only consuming. Um, so that's one is just stop doing certain things. And it might feel a little extreme. I assure you it's not. Um, Isn't it weird? It is, feels extreme to – remove a social media app that like the least more than likely you makes you upset. <laughs> yeah. It's the least extreme thing you could ever do. Yeah. Um, the other thing is um, start to time block. So we see this a lot with people who are just scheduling uh, coaching classes all over the day. And this is for both gym owners and for their coaches. If you want to burn a coach out in record time, have them coach the 5 a.m. and then the 4 p.m. and have them do that for extended periods of time. Like that is a 13 hour day. <laughs> like, 
effectively it's yeah. probably closer to 14 or 15 that's that's if they like got there 30 minutes early and were in bed 30 minutes after they finished the 4 p.m class that's a 13 hour day right like that's an insane workload so a lot of times what we'll do is we're like hey we need to just re and i just did this recently when i got back from uh that europe trip um just rearrange all of your work right squeeze it together or or spread it out so that you have larger periods of time between uh, certain things going on. Um, and in doing that, learn to use a fucking calendar, right? Like, d dude, there's nothing more irritating to me when people are like, well, I like to have, I mean, I don't like to use calendars. It makes me feel restricted. And I'm like, congratulations, get nothing done for the rest of your life. Right? Yeah, that's like saying I like to be dumb. It's like, well, yeah, well, I was like, you schedule everything else. I, I know you train at the same time every day. Imagine if you just did other things on a calendar as well. And ev everything you're saying is also, you know, anyone that listens to Jocko, it's all discipline equals freedom. You know, I, I put to a fall everything in my calendar. I'm like, cool. I know exactly what my day is. And it gives me the flexibility when I'm like, cool, I have a break here. I'm not worried that I'm going to miss something and, or, or overlook something. I, I, I know when it will be done. When I, when I left the military in 2015, if there had been a world championship for wasting time, I would have been top of the heap. Yeah. And you start plugging it in. Start plugging it in. You start looking at it. You start, you start saying no. You start moving things around. Um, and this happens to everybody. So, um, so th those, those, there's one group of people that we, we just kind of finished talking about, which is like, hey, you're just doing the busy work. You need to get a little bit more organized. You need to do a little bit of time blocking. You need to say no, and you'll free up an astronomical amount of time. There's another group of people that go through that process. And then there's a, what I call calendar creep. You go through that, you do those things, and then suddenly the calendar starts to fill up again. You're like, why do I have appointments for nine hours today? Like, what the fuck? Right. And then what you need to do is you have to go through the whole process again. You'd be like, hey, I'm never going to get anything done if this is what I'm going to if this is what I'm going to be dealing with. And I want to let everybody in a little secret. This just happened yesterday. You actually were on this thread in Slack, too. When people are people will demand and steal your time until you just say, I'm not available. Which thread? It was in a Slack thread. Kevin was like, "Hey, can you okay. do this?" And I was like, "I can't do that." Ask him if this is. Ask him if this works. And he was like, "It works for him." And I'm like, "Of course it does." And he, and he signed up. It's like, "Of course it does." He wants to talk to me, and that's not me being a dick. I'm like, "That's what I have available, dude." I'm no, and I was actually like, "Fern's a dick." When you did that, <laughs> I was like, "Man, this guy wants to talk at this time," and I was like. But but oh, here's my point. And by the way, like, we had we had a great conversation. Like we had a fantastic conversation. I'm really glad I got on the phone with him. But but I was like, I can't do that. I'm I'm not breaking my own rule here because it's going to mess up everything else. That's discipline. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that. And I think um, to if I were to layer a couple things on that, one for affiliate owners, when we're talking about the calendar, like put your your own stuff on there as well. Like put train. If you had a I'm gonna client, train here. put them on the calendar, but I put my training on the calendar. I put like, you know, if I have a chiropractor appointment when I want to go to jiu-jitsu, it's all on the calendar. It's not like, oh, I happen to be free now. It's deliberate that I do that. And then two other things I do with my calendar. One, I actually three things. I, I rarely try to schedule new appointments the same week. Like 
client emergencies, yeah. you, the team, like we hop on calls all the time. But when a client's like, can I talk to you today or tomorrow? I'm like, your emergency is not my emergency. Um, and, you know, time and a place. If it's truly an emergency, correct, I will obviously make it happen. But like you said earlier, it's rarely an emergency. It's rarely an and emergency. Then I, I, I look at my calendar purposely twice. One, usually like Saturday or Sunday for the next week. And I try to move some things around. If like for some reason I have a random client call in the middle of the day, like, cool, I've got three hours over here. Let's put them all together. Um, or like th this was a good example the other day. I was like, man, I've, if I have this one appointment, I have to be out of the house all day. It was like just this weird scenario. I was like, can I just cancel that? And now I don't have to, you know, be gone for 10 hours. Yeah. I can, you know, um, and then I look at it the day before again, just to revisit everything, just to like, make sure I know what I have going on the next day. It'll still pop up on my phone or my watch, but like, I, I just like to have a good idea of what's coming at me. So, um, let's, I want to speak towards the, somebody who coaches a lot of classes here. Cause somebody listened to this, like who might be saying, I don't have any of these options available to me. Like I coach five classes a day or six, um, this is another conversation that I've had at least twice this week, which is if that is you, I can make some assumptions about the overall workings of the gym. If you're a gym owner and you're coaching all five classes a day or six or seven for that matter, I have questions now. So I have questions about how many members do you have? What is your average attendance per class? Because the, the likelihood is that, and people freak out about this, right? But this is a math problem, okay? So they're like, I can't cancel those classes because that's what I'm probably going to tell them. Like, you do not need seven classes for 55 members. You just don't. No. Okay. And you're like, some people are going to cancel. And I'm like, maybe they will, but let's craft a plan to get them to stay. Okay. Now, Let's just say that some of them do leave. Would you rather have that $300 or would you rather have 15 more hours in the week? Do you think you could make $300 if you had 15 more hours in the week? Is it reasonable to assume that if I gave you 15 additional hours that you could follow up in a more timely fashion with the people that are reaching out to you, get them in for some sort of onboarding consult or PT session and make up the $300 in something to the tune of seven to 14 days? The answer is yes. So it's a scarcity mindset to see. And this is the like the sunk cost fallacy, which is like, well, I'm coaching it. And if it, it, like, I just have to keep coaching it. Otherwise, I'm the business is going to fall apart. I'm like, well, there's opportunity cost in some of those. And this is not an easy decision. So I want to make very clear, just like it feels like you're giving up everything to cancel a class. And in reality, when we start to break things out, and we look at the limited amount of time that you do have available to you, if you're a one person band, in order to move into the next level, you have to give up something in order to get there. And it can't be more of your life. You're already spending 15 hours in the gym, right? So like we have to give up something else. It's like a lesson plan, right? Be like, hey, if you want to do strength plus Metcon, congratulations, you will do no coaching. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you want to do coaching, well, then I have to take one of those out. Not all the time. But I'm going to have to take one of them out and do a little coaching. What will happen is you will get a better product and then the business will grow in those scenarios. And same thing in many instances by removing a class, right? Not always, but in some instances, it's too many classes. Like you're not paying yourself right now. So there's actually nothing lost by taking the class out. 
if you put it back in, I want you to be able to pay somebody to do it. So you might have to take that out. And again, if I take out one class in the day, I just freed up 20 hours for the month. That's not a small amount of time. It's also important to think about like, where is the class that I'm going to remove? And there's a difference between um, taking out, let's say you have a 6 a.m., a 7 a.m., a 9, a noon, a 3, 4, 5, 6. I've seen that schedule many times. And the noon is causing you a, pun- a ton of problems. It's like it's one person every day. Hey, right? You get rid of that. Noon. You've got five-hour block in your day. This is my point, right? But we both know that that one hour in the middle is not just one hour. It's actually like three hours. You're not getting a ton done 30 minutes on the or front after, on the, right? or after. And then there's prep beforehand. So I'm like, then I make very strategic decisions about which ones I get rid of, which is like, this one gives me the most leverage in the form of time. And I had one person who was doing it. So I'm like, you're out 150 bucks, but now you just freed up again, call it 25 hours a week because I gave you a five hour block in the middle of the day, five days in a row. At which point now I can reallocate my time to figure out what other things do I need to get done? Do I need to follow up with leads faster? Do I need to create a spreadsheet so that I can track my leads a little bit more efficiently? So by freeing up that one hour, I create efficiency in other places that have return for the business. Meaning like they will get me the leverage in either time, money, or people that will give me more time later on down the road. And I think you've overlooked one of the other factors, which is you're going to be a lot better for all of the other classes you coach. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a secondary, a secondary side effect, but you're right, right? Like you, you're just going to, you're going to, you're going to have a mental break from, from those classes. So, you know, here, here's the, here's really what the takeaway is. If you are somebody who has said one of those things, right? So like there isn't enough time or hours in the day, uh, home life is, uh, is on the back burner. I can't take holiday vacation. I've been operating at a high level of stress or burnout or the schedule right now is just not sustainable. I don't know why for us, meaning us box owners, it takes so long for those to become the appropriate red flags that they are. Like, I'll just continue to do it. I'm like, no, all of those things signal a problem, right? Sick, well, fit continuum, right? Be like, hey, if just every day you walk in, you're like, my blood pressure is higher. My blood pressure is higher. My blood pressure is higher. You wouldn't just keep doing that shit. You'd be like, I should probably change something that I'm doing. And your time is the same, is the same thing, which is why we look at owner roles inside of the sick, well, fit continuum. And if, and if you are always stressed about time and stuff like that, that is a red flag on the sick, well, fit continuum that must be addressed, which is because it's only creeping to the left every single time. So we have to figure out how to do that. And is it some variation of, you know, automate or just create an efficiency or remove a step? Uh, is it eliminated altogether? Be like, Hey, I, I can do that a different way at a different time. Um, or is it delegate? And I'm like, you could do that. You can do it much faster than I can, right? Paid or unpaid, right? We're not even going to go down that road, but like get somebody else to do it. Okay. So, but you're going to have to get out of that eventually um, because eventually you want to be like where Jay is and, and we pay you to, I don't really know what we pay you to do, right? Think in air quotes. He's, he's a thinker. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I need time to think. No, I think I think for so many affiliate owners, you're right. And they, they need a little bit of permission too. Like it's okay to do these things, to take care of yourself, to 
remove classes. Oftentimes it's we're in a customer service business and we need to keep these hundred people happy at the sacrifice of your own health, happiness, you know, satisfaction. And without any of that, you're, you're not going to stay open long anyway. Not only is it okay, I think it's required. And sometimes you just need somebody else to give you permission. I remember having this conversation with uh, two other box owners who work with, I saw them at the summit and, um, and I just gave the wife permission. I was like, you don't have to work all those hours. Like you can do less. And she was like, and then I talked to him like we go and, and I was talking to the husband on the call and he said, she really took that to heart. And she's like, okay with doing less. And I'm like, she has permission. She doesn't have to just keep doing that. He was so happy. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm, I'm sure that's affecting their marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they have a very, they're newly married, but they're very happy, right. very healthy marriage and, you know, relationship, but you, it, it's one of those things. I don't think 10 years from now, you're like, what happened? Right. And it was all that. And now you've essentially improved their affiliate and their marriage. Uh, marriage University, everybody. It's a new product <laughs> rolling out in 2024. <laughs> oh, they're, they're awesome. Led by one Jason Ackerman. I, uh, I'm not the leader of that one. You'll be doing all the homework on that too. Uh, well, no, this is great. And I think no better time for an affiliate owner to, to think about all of this than the moment you're listening to it. Shut this off. Look at your calendar. If you don't have one, create your calendar. Think about all the things we just discussed and this is not a wait till the new year, wait till Monday. This is a right now. Start changing your life and, and putting this into practice. So here's a little exercise uh, for everybody to take into the holidays. On your next full workday, I want you to write down, this is seems a little tedious, right? But it's very similar to tracking your food. I want you to write down everything that you do and when you do it during the day. So uh, the, fa- the easiest way to do this is, is print out a sheet um, and have it broken into 30 minute blocks. So whatever time you get up 30 minute blocks, right? So make the sheet sometime. And then as you work through the day, just keep it with you, like put it on your desk, put it somewhere. And then every 30 minutes, fill it out, right? Quick, be like, Hey, uh, eating, put it in there. Um, emails, put it in there. What you will learn by looking at that sheet at the end of the day is that you have certain tasks that could be consolidated that you have spread out all over the day. There are certain tasks in there that, you should just stop doing. It's like, oh, there goes an hour on Instagram. Great. You just freed up an hour. Um, and then, because you have to see it on paper in order to for this to become real for you. Because most people are like, no, I'm pretty efficient. I know what I do. It's just like everybody's like, no, I eat pretty good, right? It's the same, it's the same lie that we tell ourselves. And then until you come to find out, you're like, oh, man, do I waste a shitload of time, right? So do that exercise. Now, here's the important part. Do the exercise. Don't look at it. Write it all down, finish the day, put it in a drawer. When you're on the holidays, pull it out, look at it with an objective set of eyes. You will see things and you will understand things that you will not if you look at it the day that you fill it out. Because you're just going to justify a bunch of bullshit if you fill it out that day. Be like, oh, that had to get done and blah, 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 blah. Look at it in a couple weeks when you got nothing else to do. Look at it with a fresh set of eyes and ask yourself, does this mirror my priorities and if it doesn't now you know where you need where you need to start thanks for checking out this episode of the best hour of their day podcast we appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you and your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership 
You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.